Right. Hey, awesome. Uh, I just want to thank those of you that are involved in that disaster relief, which really is all of you, because if you uh, pray and you support our church financially, uh, it enables us to do things like that. You know, we're blessed. One of the things we've done is to try to encourage just generosity. And uh, so when something like a disaster happens, we don't have to take a special offering. We literally, the moment we know about it and get, get a knowledge of what's going on in the ground, who our partner is that's best positioned to meet needs. We can literally send money within about, you know, that 12, 24-hour period. And so uh, all, whether you're going or you're giving or you're praying, you're a part of that. And I just want to thank you. Uh, that's what we love about being the church of Jesus, the hands and feet uh, of Jesus. So, hey, my name is Matt. just want to welcome you, all six of our gathered locations. Also want to welcome you online. If you're online, just uh, maybe in the chat room or something or the comment section, just shout out where you're from. I appreciate getting a letter from New Jersey thanking us for our online ministry. So shout out to New Jersey. Welcome to Rockbridge. Hey, we're coming up on uh, first Wednesday in October. And listen, I just want to encourage you, if you we're going to have it online, we're going to have it in all six of our locations, just the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, to worship and pray together and pray for one another. We're, we're in this series called Something's Missing, where we're talking about community and connection and how if that's missing, something big is going to be missing from our lives. So every first Wednesday, we have a prayer season that we kind of call James 5, where the Bible instructs the elders to oversee prayer for people in, in physical need or really any kind of need. And so that's always an option, always available. And I just want to encourage you, if our church can pray for you, uh, certainly we'll do that at the close of, of services or make ourselves available. But on first Wednesday, we really just dedicate a, a portion of that service to be in there for one another, because that is part of what we're talking about in this series where we've said, hey, we are designed by God to be connected to other people. And it's a special supernatural connection that, that he, he wants us to have. And so we're just going deeper and deeper each week to examine literally what this connection looks like. So, so let me just start this week, uh, part four, this is the wrap up. Let me start this week with something we all know, okay? The world is crazy, life can be hard, and 2020 enough said, right? I mean, that's just it, right? I mean, that's just where we are. The world is crazy, life can be hard, and then 2020, right, is, is evidence of these two, of these two factors. And, and so I, I think we're all dealing with that, and we're all struggling with that, and we're all wrestling with that. And community, this something missing piece, is a big part of God's solution for dealing with this. Because until Jesus comes back, the world will continue to get crazier, Life will be hard, and there will be more years like 2020. In fact, Jesus, when he's talking about the end of times and, and where things are going in history, he's like, look, don't be surprised. 2020 didn't catch him off guard. Look, look what he says. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. And this is a whole passage where he just gives sign after sign after sign of what will happen before he returns. He says, see that you're not alarmed. In other words, don't get caught off guard by this. Don't get caught off guard by this. See that you're not alarmed because these things must take place, but the end is not yet. And he keeps going. He says, there'll be nation rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginnings of labor pains. Something good is coming. Now, let me say this. Let me say this to, those, to, to us right here, okay? So when we go through difficulty, challenge, adversity, 2020, whatever you want to frame it up, don't be surprised. Jesus says it. 
Don't settle to merely survive because we are still meant to thrive. As Christ followers, and I'm going to talk about this supernatural ability that we have, but it's, there's a supernatural necessity that, that makes it essential that we have this in place or something's going to be missing, but we're literally meant to thrive. We're not meant to survive. In fact, Christ followers have the capacity, the ability to go through difficulty and come out on the other side better, not bitter. Come out on the other side hopeful, not discouraged. Come out on the other side victorious and not defeated. Okay? And, and I mean that with all my heart. That's the, that, the, that's the essence of our faith, Good Friday and then a Resurrection Sunday. And, that, and that's just, just God's way and that's God's plan. However, comma, however, comma, there's something that has to be in place in your life, in our life, in my life, or something's going to be missing and we'll not get to the thrive part. We'll, we'll, we'll feel like a survivor or we'll feel like a victim or we'll give up hope or we'll quit or we'll wane or something. Now, when, when I'm talking about something's missing, I want to illustrate it this way. All right, so I, I've got a key here. And the reason I, I, there's a lot of reasons I picked a key, but when you touch your keys to go in your car, I, I want you to remember this, okay? So when you think about something, like when, if I said, hey, what's the most important part of your car, most important part of your house? You know, some of you would say, hey, my kitchen's my favorite room or my living room's where I hang out or my TV room or my man cave. That's the favorite part of my house. And the favorite part of your car, you'd say, oh, I love my seat, love my stereo, or I love the smell, whatever, the memories of the car, but none of that, you can't get to any of that unless you have a key, right? Unless you have a key. So what we're going to talk about this weekend is the key, the absolute key for us to thrive in a crazy world, in when life is hard, in years and seasons that like 2020 is now synonymous for. And so we're going to talk about the key. Now, let, let me explain it this way as well, because this is what a lot of us are like. Let's, let's imagine you and I are this tank of water, this, this tank of, of water. And if I just left it here, we would all know, you know, eventually evaporation would take place, right? And, and so you'd have, to, you'd have to refill it. So you and I, God, God designed us where we can't, we're not 24-7 people. God designed us where we have to sleep. God designed us where we have to rest and we have to recover. So if we, we've got to have that biological. But let, let's even make it even, even more challenging. So we also pour ourselves out and pour ourselves into things. I mean, we've got work, right? We've got family. We've got marriage. We've got kids. We've got bills. We've got all this stuff, right? And we just pour ourselves out. And, and so, you know, we, our tanks get lowered. And then I got a little hot plate here. I'm not going to turn it on. If you're at home and want to demonstrate, you can put it on a stove. But then we have heat, we have stress, we have anxiety, we have challenges, which causes the draining or the evaporating to accelerate and to go faster and faster. And, and that happens to every single person. He, nobody's immune from it. Uh, no, nobody's exempt from it. There's nothing wrong with you when you're saying, man, I just feel empty or I feel drained or I need to take a nap. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you. That, that's part of that's the way God designed you. Part of that's the heat of the world. Part of that is we do feel, we get, get poured out. We do get poured out. Some of you are, are servants and you get poured out. So, I mean, your moms, your single moms, you get poured out. You got a stressful job. You're a student. You're trying to get into college. You're trying to, you know, learn a vocation and you get poured out. I mean, it's just, it's the way it goes. Now, here's the question. What fills you back up? And, and how does that work? And, and, and some of you, you know, you're like, well, God. Okay, how does God do it? 
And, and, I, and I'm not talking about, hey, I need a vacation. Nothing wrong with vacations, okay? But I'm talking about something supernatural, a provision God has made, a key that fills us back up so that we thrive, so that we get through 2020 and we're not, oh, thank God I survived it. But we're like, thank God I thrived by his grace for his glory, right? So we're going to talk about this key. We're going to talk about how do we get filled back up? How, how do we stay strong in the race, in the crazy, in the difficulty, in the adversity? And if we're not doing this, if we're not using this key, something will be missing. If we're not helping others with this, something will be missing for them. So here we go. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. You can turn your Bible on, open your Bible up. You're welcome to follow along with me in the screen. So Hebrews is an amazing book of the Bible. We, we really don't, not sure who the author is. Most people, I tend to agree with this, is it was a, a, some student uh, of Paul, of the apostle Paul. So, so Hebrews is, is all about people finishing. People getting through and enduring with their faith intact, their hope alive, and, and looking forward to the fact that the best is yet to come. So it's all about that theme. And we're just going to look at a couple of verses, get this key, unpack it, and start to use it. Here we go. Hebrews 10, 23. Here's what the author says. He says, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he, that's God, who promised is faithful. So, so here's what the author of Hebrews is saying just in, in, in one verse. He's saying, look, there's a danger you and I won't hold on. There's a danger, you know, we'll, the grip will slip, we'll let go. There's a danger that we'll get wave, wave, that we'll waver, that we'll get shaky, that something will happen, that we'll get, you know, that the heat will be on and we'll get poured out and there'll be nothing left. And, and, and then we'll just kind of say, you know what, I, I, I'm done. I'm empty. And then just sort of coast through the rest of our lives, coast through the rest of our days, miss our purpose, miss our significance, miss our calling and 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 just sort of like just sort of like uh, you know calgon take me away uh, you know uh, you know all that kind of stuff. rapture please come out jesus and and just sort of have this angst and anxiety and stress and be overcome because we are empty so that's the concern that the author of hebrews has but he's going to share with us the key to get filled back up so that life is marked by a constant hope and an anticipation that our faithful God will come through for us. Those of you that aren't Christians, we're glad you're here, glad you're listening. And, and so, but let me say this, right? One of the great things about being a Christ follower is you come to the realization that God is always with you. And when you understand that and you look at Jesus hanging on the cross for you and instead of you and, and see that as the greatest demonstration of love ever, you're like, man, God's faithful. And there's a hope there. And, and, and so we're just wanting to hold on and we're not wanting to waver, not wanting to grow, grow shaky, right? Get emptied out and not filled back up. So here, what's the solution to this? And, and the answer is deeper. And it's, it's brought, oh God, how does God? How does Jesus, how does God show himself faithful? How does God help me hold on? How does God help me not waver? 
And I think there's a lot of people who ask that question. And because this piece is missing, this connection, this type of connection is missing, people leave God. People leave church. People walk away from their faith because they come to the conclusion, hey, maybe God's not faithful. Maybe maybe the hope that I thought was Christ or Christianity or religion, it didn't pan out. And so you're just missing the key. You're just missing the key. So, so what is it? So verse 24, the author takes us here and he says, okay, and let us, so there's a we factor. It's not just you and God, it's us and God. It's we. Let us consider one another. And this word consider does not, it, it means let us think something through. Let us think deeply. Let us think this uh, thoroughly. Let, this is not superficial passing thinking. This is intentional, deliberate study, t- intentional, deliberate thought. Let us consider one another. Let's consider each other. This is the community, the connection piece, what we've been talking about in this series, in order to provoke love and good works. Now, look at that word provoke. You think that's a bad word. So do I. I mean, older brother provokes little brother. That, you know, you provoked me. You caught, you know, he, he, put, he started it. You think provoke is a bad word. What this word means in the original language is to get someone ready for combat. Now, look at how the author of Hebrews uses that word. He's like, you fire, you incite someone, you uh, motivate someone to love and to do good works. Two of the great marks of our faith, of our Christianity. We talked about it, the, the disaster relief, the hope. Last week, we talked about carrying one another's burdens as an act of love. We have got to provoke other people to love and good works. My word or my phrase with, it, with this would be, fire people up, right? Get fired up, right? Like the football coach, get fired up for love and good works. And he says, so we're going to think deeply about how to fire people up for love and good works. Now he goes on and and he's going to give us the key, but you sort of see where he's going. That if our tanks are going to be filled, if we're going to keep living on purpose with love and good works, living scent like we say at Rockbridge, bethehope.cc is our website for that, for our cities, our communities. If We're going to have to have an us factor. And that's the something missing, part one, part two, part three. Now here's the key. He says, not neglecting to gather together. So, so all those people who say, I don't need to go to church, you just, you just say, okay, well, that's not what God says. Uh, you know, so, so just understand what he's saying. Part of the key includes we have to be together in some form or fashion, as some are in the habit of doing. So some people are not gathering together. Now, if I were to say, hey, why does God want you to gather together? A lot of people would say this, well, to, you know, to, to, to hear the word of God, okay? But, but I want you to see what he says. He doesn't say that. Hearing the word of God is part of this, but he doesn't say that. He says, as some are in the habit of doing, so some people are not gathering together, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day when Jesus comes back approaching. So the key here of, of what the author of Hebrews is saying is we, are need, we need to gather together. We need to consider how to provoke one another toward love and good works. And we do that through this word called encourage or this word called encouragement. So the key that we don't want to be missing in our church, in our meetings, in our gathering together. The key is encouragement. That's the word. That's the key. Now, really? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. 
This is, that, that is what will unlock. That is what will fill us back up through the stresses and the heat and the emptying that just occurs in life. As you pour yourself out, there is a supernatural thing called encouragement. We're going to unpack what that means, but that is the key. And if that is missing from your small group, from your family, if that is missing from our church, if that is missing from your soul, something will be missing. You will be tempted to quit. You will be tempted to go stupid and refuge in sin rather than your Savior. You will be tempted to throw in the towel. You will be tempted to say, God is not faithful. God does not care. God, does, God is not here. How God keeps you and I in the race, how God keeps you and I from running dry is he puts us together in circles in a thing called a church family, which is deeper and stronger than a biological family. And he says there needs to be a spirit of encouragement that reigns, that rules, that is constantly filling people up so when they leave their meetings together they are filled with hope ready to go love people and do good works in the name of Jesus the key is encouragement now, now as, I, as I'm sort of unlocking this a couple weeks ago in preparation for this weekend I, I was amazed at how often this word this theme shows up in scripture in fact I mean we'd be here all day if I were quoting it but let me just show you this Romans 1 12 Paul wanted to go to Rome he wanted to physically go to Rome and encourage the network of house churches or the multi-site church that lived that was there in Rome look what he says this is why he wanted to go when we get together meet together we just read that gather together I want to encourage you in your faith but I also want to be encouraged by yours you see that I am not just here for me you didn't come here you might have thought you did if you're a rock bridger you didn't come here today this weekend just for you you don't go to your small group just for you you don't go to youth ministry the link just for you someone else you go to get encouraged you go to give encouragement there's a mutuality there. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. In other words, Paul's like, don't let up in your encouragement. Don't let up in building each other up. Why does he say that? Because look, he knows we get poured out. He knows the world is crazy. The world is hard and 2020 is crazier, right? I mean, he knows all that. So the key to staying full is to be in relationships that are marked by encouragement. So, so let me say this, okay? Wherever you're standing in your life right now, your life journey, spiritual, relational, financial, whatever, wherever you're standing right now, okay? God's got a path that he wants you to continue on, to excel on, okay? He, he, he's got this path marked out for you, but, but, but where you currently are and where God wants you to be, in, in, in your walk, in your character, in every facet of your life, there's a gap, okay? Because God's not, God's, not, God's not just leaving us alone, right? He, he, he's, we're on a journey. We're on an adventure of faith, of movement, of change, right? What closes the gap between where you are right now and where God wants you to be is encouragement. You remember, you parents, um, remember when you, you, you're trying to get your kid I'm going to move to the edge here of the platform. You're trying to get your kid to jump in the pool. You, that's where you want them to be. You want your son, you want your jump. And you're like, hey, trust me, trust me. And you're, what are you doing? You're provoking. You're firing them up. You're encouraging them to take that leap. 
That's how encouragement works in our journeys, in our lives. And so I'll say it this way. Encouragement fills the gap between ending it, enduring it, and excelling in it. See, some of us, we're probably, this weekend, there's people listening right now, and and you're tempted to throw in the towel, to just end it. End the marriage, end your faith, and and you can't see clearly, and you can't see how it's going to work out. Encouragement will push you through it to endure. Encouragement will keep you from just enduring and you'll excel and you'll look back when God gets you where he wants. Like, man, look at what God did. Just like your kid, they're scared to death. They jump in the pool, but once they hit the water and your daddy's arms or mama's arms catch them, they're smiling, they're excited, right? Wow, what got them there? Encouragement. Encouragement. Encouragement is what closes the gap. Encouragement is what fills the gap. Encouragement is what moves us forward. I heard this phrase, church. I want you to hear it, okay? And, and I think it's so true. It's so true of my life. Someone said, they said this. I heard them say this. They said, sometimes we just have to borrow someone else's faith. Let me say that again. Sometimes we just have to borrow someone else's faith. In other words, there's just times in our lives when the heat is on, when we've been poured out, and we're just, I, I don't have enough faith to make it till tomorrow. Okay, brother, borrow mine. Borrow mine. That's called encouragement, right? So what, what is encouragement? Let, let's unpack that because it's so, 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 so important that we understand this. The, the, the Greek word here, encourage, means to call alongside. I love that. I love that because there's been moments in your life when you felt alone right? And you, you, you said this, I just wish blank were here. I, I just wish they were here. Or man, that, that text came in right time, right moment, right? And, and, and you were blessed, that email, that phone call, that visit, right? That, to call alongside. In fact, if we were Greeks in the first century and we heard this Greek word uh, for encourage, there'd be roughly five images that might come to mind. One is the image of, of rekindling or, wa- or wafting air to get a fire going again. Get fired back up, right? Uh, the other one is, the other, some of the other images are the image of stability, to come in and just stabilize a, a, a shaky, chaotic moment or situation. Or the, another one is like calling a doctor to bring healing or to bring help. All of these are, are images that, we, that come out of the, this, this Greek word. Another one is, is comfort, and then another one is to plead someone's case, to just come and defend and stand up for and stand beside. Now, let me just say this, though. Encouragement is not being nice to someone. It's better than being nice. Encouragement is not just saying nice things. Encouragement is not saying, hey, I like your hairstyle today. Encouragement is not saying, hey, man, nice pair of shoes. That's not encouragement. Encouragement is not feeding our natural pride that wants to exalt ourselves above God. Encouragement does this. Encouragement looks for evidence 
of God's grace, looks for how God is using someone, working for someone. Encouragement is telling someone about God's love, reminding someone about God's faithfulness, talking about the hope that we have in Christ. So encouragement is not just a self-help, self-esteem, Dr. Phil version. Encouragement is supernaturally talking, speaking, pointing out the evidence of God's grace. In fact, in our staff, we talk about having these conversations with people. I see in you. I see how God's working in you. I see this, how God works through you. I see God changing you. I see this in you. That's an encouragement, right? Of, I, I, I'm going to tell you my story. First time I ever preached. Still have it. I was uh, 17 or 18. I get a letter from someone. And it was basically, Matt, here's what I see in you. I see this gift in you. I promise you, I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for one letter. Because I was here, and God wanted me here. Encouragement to move there. Encouragement to go there. Encouragement to get there. And, and encouragement, another way that we think of this supernatural encouragement is encouragement is we're encouraging people to live now for what will count then. Notice what, Paul, what the author of Hebrews said. He said, encourage one another as you see the day approaching. Remember Jesus said, it's going to get crazier. It's going to get harder, 2020. So the day's coming. We're one day closer to being there, folks. Every single one of us. The day is coming. And when that day comes, there are things that will matter. And there are things that will not. Biblical, supernatural encouragement. Biblical, supernatural encouragement is I want to encourage people today for what will count then, for what Jesus will reward us for. I want to encourage people today. So this is, this is way bigger than, hey, great tackle. This is way bigger than, hey, let's win, it, let's win the championship this year. This is... God's going to reward you for this. This is, hey, God is, is working to, to develop your patience or your kindness or grow you in love. Just, just keep going. Just keep, don't quit. But, 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 but she's so hard to love. But they're so difficult. No, 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 no. It's going to show up again. It's going to, just, just hang in there. Keep doing it. Keep chopping wood. Keep going. But I don't keep going. That, that's, the, that's what we're talking about. So much bigger than building up self-esteem. So much bigger than, than encouraging us to chase things that won't matter a hill of beans then. You know what won't matter? How much money you make. You know what won't matter? How many likes you got on Facebook. That's not going to matter. What kind of car you drive. Not going to matter. Jesus is not going to come back and say, hey, let me see what kind of car you drive. He's not going to come back and say, okay, show me your bank account. He's going to come back and say, you had faith. You loved people. You did good works in my name. You, you, you cooperated with me changing you to be more like you know, my character. That's what's going to matter. You told people about me. So we're, encouragement is encouraging people to live now for what's going to count then. All right, so how do we get there? 
How do we get there? How do we move forward and, and, just, and, and just really use this key to thrive in this heat, stressful world where we get poured out and we've got to be poured back into? I want to start with this. I want everybody to make an assumption. I was in the military. They told us never to make assumptions, but I need us to all make an assumption. I think we'll all agree with it. I don't even think it's an assumption. I just think it's true. The assumption is this. Everybody you know, including you, needs more encouragement than you're currently getting. I just want everybody to understand that. That waitress that's going to take, you know, take your order after this service, she, he needs more encouragement than they're currently getting. You need more encouragement than you're currently getting. You do. Let me talk to the men. I think, I, this is my, my theory. I'm not speaking authoritatively from the Word of God, but I have a theory Men, we've been taught that we have to be self-fixers and we have to be independent and we got to do it and fix it. And so men, you know, we're just, we minimize our need for encouragement. So we don't gather together with other men. Our wives have to beg us to go to small group, gathering together for the purpose of encouragement. Our wives have to beg us to go to church. We got this. I don't need that. But you know what, men? If you look statistically... We're, we got a high, bad record of quitting, quitting our faith, quitting our marriages, midlife crisis, and chasing things that don't matter then on that day. I encourage every man to get in a circle with another man or a group of men or go to that small group with your bride and get encouraged to be a strong man of the Lord until Jesus shows back up. Encouragement. Everybody needs more encouragement than they are currently getting. Now, let's talk about our culture for a minute because this is where Christians got to do better and got to stand out, okay? Do you know what the native language of humanity is? Criticism, correction, complaining. It's all around us. It's all around us. Turn on the TV, it's all around us. Critique. That's our native language. We live in a culture. This is crazy. I read this today. We live in a culture where we have made a critic a profession. What do you do? I'm a food critic. I'm a movie critic. I'm a critic of everybody I see. I mean, we've just made that sort of normal. And, and so listen, if we're not careful, we fall into that trap because everybody we know is complaining, critiquing, and criticizing. I, I want to read you this because it's so important that we understand this. Christians have been sucked into the nastiness, division, and partisanship along with everyone else. Often Christians aren't providing an alternative to the anger and the outrage. They're fueling it. Every rock bridger, listen, if you're not going to post something encouraging on your social media account, shut it down in the name of Jesus. Shut it down. Shut it down. If we're not going to lead the world in what the world needs, what are we doing? We've got to become the best encouragers on the planet because everybody you know needs more than they're getting, which leads me to this. We hold, the, we hold their key. We hold their key. 
that there's somebody in, in your life right now, in your small group right now, sitting next to you right now, at home without you right now, in the cubicle next to you right now, and you are the key to helping them maybe get through their day, to helping them maybe go from here to where God wants them. You hold their key. So when we withdraw, when we just go to what's easy, which is being a critic, we are just putting this key in the pocket and it just stays locked. And so I, I just encourage us to understand we hold each other's key to getting people where God wants them to be. Now, let me talk about another group. I want to talk to Rock Bridgers for just a second, okay? There's people that are in our lives that don't know Christ as their king and as their savior. And I think, and I'm going to share with you a tool. We're going to talk about this, talk about this, talk about this, talk about this. I think encouragement is a key for how we help people discover the God we worship, the God who's with us that we talked about earlier. And, and, and so I'm going to teach you this acronym. It's called BLESS, right? And I, this is the way we can give people hope, okay? All right? And I, I want us to write this down, type this out, because we, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep talking about it. But we, let's just think, think about people in our lives right now that maybe we, we are their key. So we're going to begin with prayer, and we're going to pray for people. Prayer is one of the great ways you can encourage someone, the great way that you can ask God to open doors for you to be that key to their, in their lives. We've got to learn to listen to people. We, 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 people start talking, we start critiquing. We got to learn to listen to people so we can know how they need encouragement, how we can help them. The E stands for encouraging them. The E stands for how, how can I encourage what I see of God in them? And for, for someone who's not a Christian, they're still made in the image of God. Now, the image is broken, and God wants to restore that, but they still have the stamp of God. Jesus still died for them, so we want to encourage them, engage them. Maybe it's eat with them. Eating is always encouraging, at least to me, right? So we want to encourage them, and then we want to serve them, do something practical, do something helpful. And then as we have an opportunity, we share hope, which is Jesus you don't always have to say a paragraph about Jesus. You can say a sentence about Christ. You can tell your story of how Jesus gave you hope, how Jesus rescued you, how Jesus served you on the cross. So I just want us to remember this. When we're, we're thinking about the people in our lives that, that need Christ, need a church family, need to be connected, right? Just think of the word bless. And, and encouragement is such a critical part. It's such a key, right? Now, the, the third thing. For Christ followers, special encouragement comes from when we gather. Comes from when we gather. I, I hear this sometimes because we use video teaching. Uh, 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 and, and some people are like, well, why do I need to go? I can just stay at home and watch this, a sermon on TV. Go, go back to what Paul said. He didn't say you come here just to hear the word of God. You come here for encouragement. You go to your small group for encouragement, not just for information, not just to swap war stories or news, weather, and sports conversations. We go there for encouragement. There's something encouraging about being here. I mean, I mean when I hear you sing, it encourages me. When, when, when people are hungry for the Word of God, it's an encouragement. When, when we're walking out and people say, hey, great to see you, brother. I'm praying for you this week. Hey, let's grab coffee. When, when people say, I'm not going to jump out of here and be the first one in my car and so I can get to be the first one in the restaurant. Me, 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 me. And they say, no, I'm going to hang around and encourage someone. That's what we're supposed to do. That's church. It's the whole design of it. I want to share a story with you. I got this email from a, 
a rock bridger, and I got their permission to share this story. And I get this a lot. People thank me, but they're really thanking you, Rockbridge. So, so here, here it is. He goes, Matt, I wanted to write to you today and thank you. I've been attending Rockbridge for two years. As with most people, this year has been especially difficult for me. In April, I got a divorce, but what got me through this was the words of God, the teaching of God, and the love of my small group. I almost gave up on God. Wavering, right? If I'm being honest, I kept saying God has a plan, but even though I said it, it was hard to believe it. I was angry, hurt, ashamed, embarrassed. I felt abandoned and forgotten. I didn't understand how I failed at my marriage. I felt like it was all my fault. What could I have done? I blamed myself. I didn't feel worthy of God's love. I felt like I had failed God when I had to break those vows. I almost didn't return to church, and as the pandemic hit, I did continue to watch online. When church resumed in person, I drove to the campus several times, but was too ashamed to go in. Finally, I talked to an usher, a, a greeter, a hosting person. I told him a brief part of my story, and he convinced me to come in and go back to church. He provoked me. He fired me up to gather again. I'm glad he did. Although I was apprehensive, it felt amazing, all caps, to be physically in the church again, worshiping. There is nothing like it. So, so, so those of you on the host team, you're not just saying hello. When you invite someone to, to come and share church, you're not just saying, hey, come, like you're saying, hey, come out to dinner with me. Something supernatural is going on that your soul needs, my soul needs, this world needs. And we are supposed to be the masters of encouragement because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so final two things. When you encourage, words and tone of voice matter. Words and tone of voice matter. What we say and how we say it matters, matters deeply. And then, then point number five is this. We've got to learn to be creative and inventive for others. And, I, and I'm getting this from when it says up there, in, in, when we read this, let us think of ways. And I told you this was think deeply, think it through. So listen, we'll lay in bed at night and we'll pray prayers and we'll have deep conversations. All of us will. We'll get creative about, you know, our entertainment. We'll get creative about how we can make more money. We'll get creative about the new video game coming out. We'll get creative about, man, what are we going to do on Friday night? This passage says, would you and I get creative and take that mental energy and think about how you can maximize your influence to bless other people, to be a positive influence on other people, to be an encourager of other people. So don't spend that thinking energy, that creativity, trying to figure out how you're going to buy the new car or get more likes on Facebook and do say something real cute and funny or controversial. Use that energy to think of that one or two or three people, that person in your small group, that person next to you in your job, that neighbor down the street, to think about how you can encourage them to go from where they are now to where God wants them to be and what will count on the day of Christ Jesus. So here's how I want us to close, okay, before our campus pa pastors come up. Here's how I want us to close, okay? I, I want you to begin to think of a name. Some of you already know, and you hold their key. And I, the first name that pops to your mind, I want you to just receive it by faith. Don't question it. Receive it by faith. That that's the person God wants you to encourage. Could be a brother or sister in Christ. 
Could be somebody represented by an empty seat that you need to bless that doesn't know Jesus or that's walked away from Jesus. I just want you to think of the name. I'm going to pray for that name for them on behalf of all of us. And I just want to ask you this. In the next seven days, about the next week, would you do something, and you're going to have to think about it, to encourage them? I don't know what that might be for that person. Maybe you need to eat with them. Maybe you need to call them. Maybe you need to visit them. Maybe you need to text them. Maybe you need to apologize with them. But, but you just let God lead you. But you hold the key of the name that's in your brain right now. Think about it. Let us think of ways. And you encourage them the next seven days. Let's go to the Lord. God, I do believe you've given all of us, or will give all of us a name. And we just take that name right now to your throne room. And we want to say, God, use us to move them closer to you, to encourage them to persevere, to hang in, to move forward in their faith, to encourage them maybe to think about coming to church, encourage them to hang in there. Whatever it is, God, we're just placing that name before you. We're beginning with prayer. And God, I pray you would help us think and be creative and inventive about how we can be a source of encouragement to them. Thank you for hearing us. God, I know there's also people here right now, and they need to be specially encouraged. And I pray by your word, by the songs we sing, the, the word of Christ, the words of Scripture, and the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit, every person here today would leave encouraged because you're faithful. And you're coming back. And the best is yet to come. Pray all these things. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.